We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is going to be a very quick Monday show. I uh, didn't have the opportunity to get anything recorded last night. We're redoing, totally redoing the landscaping in front of our house. So it is, uh, it's been a bit difficult to find the appropriate weekend time, as you might understand. Uh, but I wanted to wait until Monday here to record to see if anything came out from the Brown side of things. Just any updates, any news. And, and as you know, nothing has really come out. So uh, there's not much to really note in the Browns landscape, which there shouldn't be, right? The Browns are set to start the draft this Thursday, well, really Friday. And and, and with that, obviously, there's not going to be much moving and shaking between now and the start of Friday. Now, we will cover things extensively. We'll do a mock show tomorrow, your Tuesday uh, Twitch and YouTube show, where we will cover, uh, obviously, the Browns mock side. But we're also going to do our, our one and only first round mock. The Browns aren't involved in it, but the OBR is going to be live during every single pick. It's a plan, so it should be uh, something that we cover. We're going to try to do so. It uh, should be fun. Check that out tomorrow. We'll continue to have two mocks up every day. The only thing from the Brown circles I wanted to note was it was pretty cool to see Joel Batonio give a million-dollar donation to his uh, alma mater in Nevada, and uh, they built a, a weight room, uh, and the update of the weight room is in his name. So that that's pretty cool, but again, Nothing else. There was some stuff from Miles Garrett really loving the Jim Schwartz scheme, thinking it's going to be dangerous, which I agree with. Uh, obviously, he quoted that uh, on Friday. But again, nothing. Quiet weekend, as it should be. Quiet all around the NFL. This is truly smokescreen season. We'll see some things pick up uh, on the uh, other side of the draft, right? Where some free agency stuff might happen, where teams have had the draft come and go, and then UDFAs come and go, and maybe you bring those guys in for camp, uh, rookie mini camp, and you, you can kind of solve from there where some of those guys are, where you need positions filled, whatever, whatever. So that's where we'll see more broad NFL news and really hyper-focused Browns news. But for now, it's a lay-low week. It's the build-up until the draft, so we're not going to hear very much. But staying on course, again, I want to do real quick with you my five big board corners for the Browns, and then I'm going to do my safeties for you tomorrow. Should have a guest alongside for that episode, and then uh, put together my top 10, 15. We'll, I'll think through it. I'm not diving too deep into 
uh, building big boards, but I'll, I'll probably try to put something together as far as a ranking system goes for uh, my guys in the draft. So uh, listen, uh, we're going to start with five. We'll just do our five real quick and call that an episode for today. DJ Turner is my first corner that's up. He's uh, out of Michigan, 5'11", 180, uh, very, very athletic, one of the best clocked 40 times in uh, the entire pre-draft process, pro days and combine. He ran a 4.26 timed at the uh, at the combine, which obviously stood out, caught a lot of everybody's eye. He was a Michigan guy, so he didn't do uh, too much his first two years in 19 and 20. He, he had a red shirt where he battled through a glute injury and then only played four games again in 2020. But then in 21, he was an honorable mention All-Big Ten player where he had nine passes defended, two interceptions, led the team in interceptions. And then just last year, taking on roles such as covering Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and some of the others, the big names across the conference and the landscape. He was second team all Big Ten, led team the team in passes defended, where he had 11 passes defended and another interception. He had a 45-yard fumble return for a touchdown as well. So he had, across his career, 69 tackles, 20 passes defended, three interceptions. You'll, there's a lot to like about D.J. Turner. Now, he's uh, the board ranking is interesting. Like, Dane Brugler has him as the number seven corner, 42 overall on his big board. He is the number 11 corner for Pro Football Focus, 67th on their big board. Sports Info Solutions has him as the ninth-ranked corner, 62nd overall. So getting to 74, a bit dicey, but you never know. And I think when you look at the Browns roster, right, you're looking at three very well-known corners, Denzel Ward in the midst of his second contract, Greg Newsom. We all know about a little bit of the circus it's been this offseason from what he wants to do long-term, position he wants to play, some of those things. You had Martin Emerson come in last year. You felt good about that. But they are not swimming in cornerbacks, right? So the only other two that they have, Mike Ford has obviously added, who is a a bit of an auxiliary special teams piece more than anything else. But the other two you're looking at, Thomas Graham, who played some slot corner for, corner for you last year, and then they brought back A.J. Green. I think there is, last year we were a bit surprised. Now, if you look at what they were doing last year, they obviously saw the departure of Greedy Williams happening, and they valued the player at corner. I don't know if they'll feel so inclined to add. It depends. Some of it depends on what they think of how they're going to manage the slot this year because that's going to be the most interesting element. Is Newsom going to be more willing to do it? Is the positional foundation, what they're asking the slot corner to do, change? Because we know Emerson, or sorry, Greg Newsom talked about his, his uh, non-desire to do some of the linebacker uh, linebackerian type things. We'll make up a word there. Uh, linebacker type things that the position required under under Joe Wood's defense. So, Again, we'll see. I, I think we'll be able to tell pretty quickly because I do think there are some very valuable slots, guys that can play that nickel role, DJ Turner being one of them. Dane Brugler pointed that out on this pod, if you listened about a month ago, as a leading name to, to potentially play the slot if, if Cleveland were to draft him. I don't know if he'll be there. He's, like I said, athletic corner, great, elite speed, exceptional change of direction skills for sure. Press man ability, he was uh, put on an island at times at Michigan. Good inside-out versatility, like I said. The ball skills and on-ball production, some people uh, clamor about them in terms of a negative. I don't see it. The 20 over the last two years is strong. Run support, play strength. I think if bigger corners, sorry, bigger wide receivers might give him a little bit of a fit. If you go with like a jumbo slot, does he struggle with that? Hard to tell. I, I think he can do enough, but it's going to be some time. There are going to be some times he's a little bit overmatched. But again, can he handle the run support? Because that's going to be a huge part of playing inside. I think he's got inside-out versatility from day one. Can play both man and zone coverages that you ask of him. Uh, and I think the Browns will do a bunch of middle field open and close looks. That elite speed athleticism, it, it covers it. it. It pairs over. I think he'll be able to do it. It'll translate well. It won't be a guy who tests better than he's able to put together production on the field. 
Had the 23rd most press man coverage snaps, 25th most man coverage snaps in general in the NCAA last year, and his 14 forced incompletions, according to Pro Football Focus, tied for 16th. So you combine some of those production skills, which I think are strong, a guy who can play inside, a guy whose relative athletic score is a 9.59 with, like I said earlier, he didn't do the short shuttle or three-cone or bench, but a 38.5-inch vertical, a 10.11 broad compared, or sorry, combined with a 4.26.40 and a 20-yard split of 2.32, which is the best recorded at the position, you got a really, really strong player here. So DJ Turner, I don't know if he'll be there at 75, but he would be the top of the wish list uh, for me at that position. Next guy up for me is going to be Clark Phillips. Okay, Some people really love Clark Phillips. Some people are a little bit more lukewarm on him. I find myself really into the position, the the, the role that he can play uh, for the Browns as far as a guy inside. And you want to talk about uh, production on the football. It's, it's exceptional. So Phillips, uh, I should have mentioned about Turner too. So Turner's just 22 and a half. He's a little older. Clark Phillips is the younger side of that. So he's out of Utah. He's 21 and a quarter in age, right? He's 5'9", 184. He's, he's definitely keen to playing the slot. He's played 31 games in his career, 112 tackles, five tackles for loss, one sack, two forced fumbles, 30 passes defended in three years, 15 uh, his uh, 2021 season, and then 22 season he had 12. He had nine interceptions, including six just last year, unanimous All-American last year, first team all Pac-12, led the Pac-12 in interceptions, passes defended, 80-yard interception touchdown return, a 38-yard interception touchdown return. Uh, he's a team captain. The year before that was second team all Pac-12. He led Pac-12 in passes defended, rated 15 that year. Led the team in force fumbles, a 54-yard interception return. So the ball skills are there. He has always been around the football. Uh, he is, uh, according to, like, again, where he ranks for uh, some of the bigger books here, right? Second round grade, 53 overall um, uh, prospect. Eighth best corner, according to Dane Brugler. Thirteenth best corner, according to Pro Football Focus. 84th on their big board. Uh, for pro football focus, he's a 17th rank corner, so a lot lower according to Sports Info Solutions. So, uh, listen, again, you want an 85 grade uh, last year, 85.2 overall grade, 385 coverage snaps. Uh, so his forced incompletions were five last year. Coverage stops were 11, which was tied for 44th. He had a 28% missed tackle rate, so you don't love that, uh, especially don't love that, uh, including 10 missed tackles. But you like, again, what can he play? Where can he play, right? He's got the box stuff. He can, he can come up and creep into the box. 214 slot snaps, 374 snaps out wide. He can handle that role, obviously. Man snaps, 118, 220 zone snaps. You know, where he wins, he's a, he's a guy who can win covering off breaks. He does a great job at the top of route, sticking with his man. He can play off zone. He can play slot, and he can play those comfortably. He's very aggressive, though. Any guy who's putting up ball skills like that, Definitely going to be aggressive. I think that that obviously is uh, is what's going to matter. He doesn't have a light, uh, like I said, doesn't have elite size or speed. So if you look at his relative athletic score for Clark Phillips, you're not going to be blown away. He was a four five one forty guy, but the twenty and ten yard splits were really strong. Um, where you want them to be, the thirty three inch verticals, okay. Shuttle four three two, okay. You're really banking on his mental processing, understanding, grittiness, toughness, and I think he has it right. Uh, he needs to limit those big plays, but I think his read-react, like I said, that athleticism, st- instincts, ball skills translate well to the NFL. So I think he's a playmaking nickel, and I think if the Browns are really uh, keen to getting one, he is, uh, and he's obviously seen outside reps too, but he is the guy that, in my opinion, makes a lot of sense for them if you look around pick 98, something along those lines. The age, all of it. Not Again, not an elite rascal. The 5.6 is not what you want necessarily 
but a lot of parts of his game I think are going to translate pretty well to the NFL level. So that's our second overall corner in this class for the Browns big board. Clark Phillips now moving to a prospect that's a little bit divisive in terms of rankings across the board. That's Trey Tomlinson. He goes by also Travius Hodges Tomlinson, uh, notably um, his nephew. He's the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, if you know that. The TCU connection, it all makes sense. Exceptional athlete. He noted through the process he wants to be known as Trey Tomlinson. That's what he wants to go by. So obviously you would expect, you would respect that. He's, uh, again, a smaller nickel, though. But this is what I'm looking for. He's just over 22 years old. He's 5'7 and some change, 178, not very long, right? That's something that, that stands out right away. The arm, the wing, the hand size, all that stuff, not altogether too long. But again, you just need you need guys who can handle the, the tougher roles of the position inside. And I think this is where you can see Tomlinson fitting because of that lack of length, right? He's 10th ranked at the position, 59th on the big board at Pro Football Focus. He's uh, much lower on Dane's board where he's a uh, fourth, fifth round grade, number 19 overall corner. Sports Info Solutions has him as the 15th ranked corner, but 98th on their big board. But what do you got here? You got a fluid athlete with the speed and mirror match ability, I think, here as far as a guy who can play off-man coverage and the slot at the next level. That mirror match stuff is is great. The lack of length, and like I said, he can get too grabby downfield is what holds him back a little bit but he can transition. The off-man is excellent. And yeah, he's listed 5'8 and some change, but I do think the tape shows a player who plays bigger than that. Now, how does he, again, match up with either slot detached tight ends? How does he match up with bigger slots? Can he cut down on some of the stuff that hurts him on double moves where he can get grabby or overly anticipatory? I think there's enough here to think he can. He has 125 tackles in his career, four tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, 41 Passes defended, including 13 and 20, 9 in 2021, and 18 in 2022. Five interceptions. He was first team All Big 12 in 20 and 21. He was first team All American in 22. Jim Thorpe Award winner, first team All Big 12. Obviously led the team in passes defended. Uh, as far as an athlete goes with Tomlinson, like I said, it's an eight RAS score where he gets hurt because he's a 4 4 1 guy. He's got a great 2 4 8 20 yard split and a 1 4 7 10 yard split. 39-inch vertical, 10, uh, sorry, 11-foot broad. It's the it's the strength portion in size. He only had 12 bench reps, which is just below average for the position, but he's 5'7 178. How does that translate? Where does the team value that in the draft? I think will certainly be interesting, right? So the subpar height weight stands out as far as weaknesses go, and the super aggression is what will also stand out for a lot of people when they're talking about him because he's twitched up, and that's that's something that I'm definitely into, a guy who's twitched up and can handle some of the mirror match stuff that comes with the position and you know breaks from the off coverage or elite he beats wide receivers to the route I think quite often forced incompletions were 21 first at the position he was uh 14 coverage stops which is tied for 17th at the position he only had six missed tackles which puts him in a pretty good spot I don't think it was altogether too high uh his press man coverage snaps were 304 man coverage snaps 289 he had 22, uh, sorry, only 29 snaps in the slot where he's projected to move. But I think, again, a good grade, a 78 grade, I think he can handle it. 530 zone snaps, fearless breaks, like we said, uh, relies on ball skills instincts to take over, right? Um, that's a huge thing for him. He's a great off zone corner. So if you want to put him in off and let him read and break and react, I think that's where you get it. The frame is the biggest weakness, but the speed awareness, physicality, change of direction, and the testing numbers as far as athleticism goes are everything that you want them to be. So 
I just don't know if size eliminates him from the Browns board, but it shouldn't because they want a guy who who should want to find his way onto the field. And if you're picking around 111, 126, that's where I think you know Tomlinson is going to have to accept that he's an inside player, and I think you could get him at a really good value there. So, again, he's going to win over an NFL coaching staff, not a doubt in my mind. He's going to get a meaningful role inside as a nickel. Can he fit that role in Cleveland? That is the question. That's Trey Thomas. And we're going to take a quick break, uh, hear a word from our sponsors, and then finish up with our last two big board NFL draft Cleveland Browns corner prospects. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Next up is Jacorian Bennett. So he is overshadowed a little bit by his teammate Deontay Banks in Maryland here, but he is a fun prospect. 5'11", 188, big guy, fits the bigger mold. If you look at his athleticism scores, he had one of the better 40-yard dash times, 4-3 on the dot, which is elite. The 20-yard split was elite, 2-4-6. 10-yard split, 9-9-5, a 40-inch vertical, 40-and-a-half, and and then an 11-foot broad jump, 9-7-9. So you mix that with the size, you get a lot of uh, uh, intriguing pieces here. We didn't get the, as again, guys are shying away from that short shuttle three cone, but Bennett is uh, a fun player. He was a no-star recruit coming out by a lot of recruiting services. Uh, didn't see serious playing time until his senior year. Uh, didn't have the ATC, ACT scores to qualify, but went to Hutchinson Community College for two years, got in the first team all-conference there, got into the JUCO ranks and found more, more than two dozen FBS scholarship offers, found his way to Maryland, Two-time honorable mention All-Big Ten, led the Big Ten in passes defended with 16 and 21, had 13 last year. So obviously production there, five interceptions over those two years, 
returned a blocked extra point for two-point conversion, uh, 28 total games, 24 starts, 69 total tackles, four and a half tackles for loss. Uh, the size speed is what you love here, right? So there's some discipline issues in the mid-route stuff where he can, you know, he's not quite as instinctive as the last two players that I talked about. Uh, there's some rough patches on tape where you see him just sort of technique-wise break down. But in terms of can you coach this guy up, can he be maybe an inside-outside player for you? Yeah, he's over 22, 22.6. He's more of a 126 to 142, 140, uh, 140 to 142 pick in those uh, third, fourth round grades. That's kind of what Dane has him, the 16th graded player at the position. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him 22nd at the position uh, overall. And then over uh, SIS, they have him as the ace. So uh, Sports of Solutions is much higher on him, uh, converting him, calling him a little bit more of a ball hawk. I think the size, speed, quickness stuff is going to get him picked earlier than most people think. Uh, and again, he can play in, outside predominantly, but he can come inside. Um, and he was the nickel. Um, you know, Maryland's nickel defense, he was that uh, able to run their zone concept, man's mixed in. They rotated some corners, so he played outside and inside uh, a bunch as well. In those 28 games he played at Maryland, so he's got experience all over the field. I think he's a nice, fun third corner, right? If you don't think you're going to sign one of the guys you have here, maybe you plan to let Greg Newsom walk. The skill set fits in the slot. I think he can handle that. The speed transition stuff, his ability is, is bigger size. He still has the mirror ability that you want. Maybe not as adept at it as Tomlinson, but short area quickness, mirror ability. He can handle some of those bigger receivers lining up in the slot, coming in on third downs or second downs or being a primarily a base player. So I like a lot of what we see out of uh, Jacorian Bennett. So he's fourth for me overall, a little older, like I said, so it slips him back a little bit in terms of where you would ultimately take him. But I, I think there's enough there to really, really like him as far as a prospect goes. The last one for me, a bit divisive is Kytrill Clark. So uh, a, a football player to me that is vastly underrated. I know that our own Corey Kennan uh, in Brown circles was able to have some time with him. He talked about his transition, maybe coming into the slot. I don't think he's an outside corner. I certainly see him more of a slot. Uh, 5'10", 177. He's a junior. Um, a little bit, like I said, uh, over 22. So he's not on the, the perfect age scale. Like to me, he's a a projection at 142 or if the Browns slide back and get a pick anywhere from 160 to 190 or their own pick 190, you could see where he could be drawn in here as a player that you could transition inside. So he's light on his feet, right? I think that stands out to me. I think he, uh, not not the greatest athlete here uh, for Clark. He is, uh, I think if I have it right, 7.67 grade in terms of relative athletic score. 34 and a half inch vertical is a little below standard, but a 10-2 broad is at standard. 5'10", 181, the 442 40 is very strong, the 20-yard split is strong, and the 10-yard split, the shuttle's a 421. So, uh, again, those are all ample numbers. He's better athletically as far as a relative athletic score goes than Clark Phillips, but again, he's transitioning. He's going to be doing something maybe that he hasn't done as much as you would like him to do. He had 252 slot snaps last year, and the grade wasn't very great. Uh, the slot feel is where he can improve. I think you're projecting him to be a guy who can get better playing slot corner. The change of direction, speed, awareness are all good. The physicality is good. It's just getting used to playing inside predominantly where I think Clark is going to be a guy who sneaks onto somebody's roster and I think does a really nice job because, again, he doesn't have great length and play strength, but he flashes playmaking instincts that I really like, the cover skills to stay with NFL receivers, can he develop in the slot? I think that's the only path to success for him. He doesn't have the outside traits for me. Can he come inside? Can he be a tackler? Can he handle those things? 
right? Uh, I think he had 52 tackles last year, which is a strong number. The 17% missed tackle rate, though, tells you he's got something to prove, and he's got a lot to prove inside. And this, to me, is a player, though, with Clark that you're projecting that move inside and you're saying, we don't need you to start right away. We want to work you into that role and give you a chance. Maybe by the end of your rookie season, you could potentially have a role here. So, uh, again, I like a lot about Kytrell Clark. Uh, I think it's worth, like I said, noting uh, he's he's definitely going to be a dime corner when he starts, a guy who maybe comes in with four defensive backs in the field. Um, you, you know, If you're going to put him outside, I think about the only spot he's going to survive is a cover two scheme, and the Browns won't be doing a lot of that but the long speed closing burst quickness to stick with that uh guys in the slot is where i think he can play right um if he could put on a little bit of weight maybe he gets a little better at the run support and again that's just the browns feel for what the tape tells them there's a lot to like here from an athletic perspective and an experienced perspective can you coach him up to get more out of him just over 22 right transferred over from liberty played three years at louisville like i said second team all acc two times including his first year in 2020. He was third-team All-ACC this last year. He had 11 passes defended, 12 passes defended in 2021. 20 then he had only five in 22 as his role started to switch. So it's where do you project him? Five interceptions across his career going with those 34 passes defended, 12 and a half tackles for loss, two sacks. It's a player that can play, and he's got an ex- uh, extensive experience across all these different positions, particularly where you're looking to move him inside right? That's that's the point. And a lot of these guys are going to struggle with size. I mean, they're they're smaller slot corners by tradition. Can you can you can you eventually get to the point that you feel like you can play those bigger body players in the slot? And that's why the NFL is trying to cheat code it, right? If you're going to play base nickel all the time and have these uber athletic interior uh, slot corners, let's put bigger body guys against them and just out muscle them. So Clark, again, is not that small. He's not 5'7 in some change. He's 5'10. That's a draw. He's a little bigger. But we need to see more of that from him. Can can he improve there? That's what the Browns will be asking themselves, and that's why he garners more of a late-round option instead of one of those earlier-round options because he doesn't have the auxiliary skills to make up for and potentially have a second role. So that's what we like, right? I think at the top of this thing for me, uh, as far as guys that I would be drawn most to, DJ Turner uh, stands out from Michigan. Second to me, Clark Phillips from Utah. Uh, who again is just a step-in slot corner right away for me with the with the traits he has, the instincts. Trey Tomlinson has so many tools, but he has to clean up some of the penalties, some of the double move stuff, some of the issues at the top of routes where he just has to trust the technique and athleticism he has. Right then, the fourth ranked is Jacorian Bennett, who's the biggest of them all, is definitely projected to move inside and play slot, and he is a fun player in terms of speed, athleticism, all of that. So I definitely like a lot about Jacorian Bennett from Maryland. And then lastly, Kytrell Clark out of uh, Louisville here is my fifth-ranked corner, who's a lot of fun as well. Other guys who, before we go, that I think the Browns will be drawn to uh, if they're if they're looking at uh, guys at this position, where they come into range. Tyreek Stevenson stands out from Miami, a guy who's pushing close to 23, though. Cameron Mitchell, who's 21 and some change out of Northwestern, a third-round grade from Dane. I think he possibly is a guy... Uh, that could uh, could be a, a pick for them. Uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, who is just a, a 21-year-old player right now at the time of the draft as well, to Stanford could stand out. And then um, as far as late players go, like a Riley Moss from Iowa could come into play. He's 23 and some change, but has a fun uh, a fun tape here who could possibly move inside. And then the last one is USC's Makai Beckman, who is the oldest here that you can find at 24 right now. But again, 192 29 we're just trying to throw a lottery ticket over to play some slot. 
that's a guy who's got a lot of slot experience and um, pretty fast, right? A four four seven guy in there too. So a lot of potential fun. There are so many good options at corner. It's a good corner class, and the Browns should try to take advantage of that with their eight picks as they sit here and maybe potentially end up landing a slot corner option, a guy who prefers to play a little bit more slot corner. So don't be surprised this year if they take a corner the way I think I was surprised last year when ended up taking a corner so early. But it's definitely on the board. They're de- they're, they should be looking at guys who they think maybe can come in and play that slot role for them and, and do it a little bit more uh, with a little bit more enthusiasm, let's put it that way. But again, maybe they solve this and Greg Newsom is fine with it and it's going to work out, but I don't think it eliminates a lot of these athletes from the top of the picture for them. And I, I think that that would make still a lot of sense uh, to, to draft that position, at least in my opinion, in case things fall apart, you never know, Greg Newsom, whatever, and injuries, you're dealing with injuries all the time too. So uh, worth it to look at that position. So that's it for today. Thanks for checking in. Sorry, this Monday pod's a little bit late, but wanted to get one out. And uh, I, I think we're sticking through with our plan to have a podcast every day in March and April. I've tried like crazy to get you prepared for the draft, have great guests. And uh, like I said, only a couple more until draft day is here. So check out tomorrow's podcast. Should be a fun one. We talk about the top five safeties, uh, according to my Browns big board, which is a position of keen interest as we sit here right now, as they only have two playable safeties in my opinion. So We'll check into that. Should have a guest as well. And then we'll have a fantastic, huge mock show on the OBR YouTube and Twitch channels for you to check out on Tuesday night. And I'll air that on the podcast on Wednesday. So appreciate you stopping by on this Monday. Have a great Monday for whatever's left of it when you listen to this or Tuesday when this podcast finds you. Thanks for stopping by. Continuing to rate and review the podcast is always appreciated, guys. Apple, Spotify, wherever you find the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm Jake Burns. I'm your host. We're signing off. Go Browns. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com